You're listening to my dad's podcast. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on ronanddonradio.com. All right, look out now. Here we come. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Thanks for stopping by. We appreciate you. We've been telling you for months now, go out and buy that T-shirt. And $5, every Ron and Don Nation T-shirt, it goes towards Cops Helping Kids. And you can still buy that T-shirt. Take a picture. We'll put it up online on all our social channels. But Ron has a huge announcement right now. Ron, they are here. And, in fact... I was at a street fair with my son today. We were standing in line. A woman looks up. She goes, oh, my God. Are you Ron or are you Don? And I said, I'm Don. How'd you know? And she says, that's G-Force and that's Charlie. And then she looked at my dog and she said, and she said this. And she's handing us a piece of pizza. She said, where is Charlie's bandana? And I said, I don't know. Where is Charlie's <laughs> bandana? Let me ask Ron because we've been working on bandanas. She said, to let you know that she has ordered her bandana for her favorite friend who is actually about, I don't know, a foot and a half high by the name of Pebbles the Dog. The dog so. bandanas are in. We got small dog and big dog. Oh, Those are your two flavors. Okay. Uh, they are black yeah. with the Ronadon Nation logo on them. Good. And I, I do want to say this, that, that when I say the word bandana, it's really a triangle. Okay. Uh, and it's kind of stretchy. Yeah. The, the sizes are all up on Ronadon.com. Just cool. click on the microphone, scroll down, you'll see the dog bandana. And so I've been getting a couple pictures putting those on the socials cool those are really great they're 15 bucks uh plus shipping and it's it's they're awesome yeah. i love the dog don't bandanas. forget everything's at ronadon.com also if you want to sign up for the newsletter about five thousand people have done that how can you do it's that? at ronadonradio.com uh, so just sign up and give us your email it, stop the show i don't know if there's a delicate way to say this because yeah. we haven't seen each other a lot lately you've been working i've been working right what happened to your face are you joking you're, you're. No, I'm just. And if I'm a friend of a friend, like, what is going no, on? Why couldn't you ask me that off? Why, why, why? Well, you, why, I, why say that for her off the show I when have, I can do it on the show? I have been here now for about 30 minutes, and we are sitting here sharing what a happened? Tall glass of lemonade. What, 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 what happened? Well, my friend called me the other day. My friend Liz called me. Should we describe the condition of your she, face first? She is, a, she's a badass. She's in the Air Force. She was a nurse. She's a great runner. She Did you get is, run over by a jet plane? What, what's that? Did you get a jet plane backwash into your face? I can't believe you're doing this to me right now. Any, anyway, she's a mountaineer. She's all these great things. And then also, also, she's a nurse practitioner, and she works at a local uh, skin clinic. And so she okay. called me the other day, and she said, hey, why, and, and, and I... She called me the other day. She said, why don't you come down? And I thought it was called a pirate facial. And I don't know if you know what a pirate facial is, but I can't. I, I got the name of it wrong. It's not a pirate facial. If you look online at what a pirate facial is, it's something that you and I are not going to talk about on this oh, podcast. This, uh, <laughs> but, one, of, one of those words. But if this was like the Playboy podcast or something, then we would have a lot to say okay, so about not- what a pirate facial is. So I've been telling everybody, hey, I'm going to see my friend Liz. I'm getting a pirate facial. And I was like, really? Yeah, and everyone's kind of looking at me going, oh, and I thought I thought it was a really cool thing to go get a pirate facial. Like maybe it is in so some I'm, circles. So I- <laughs> 
I now I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'm gonna have to my Google machine in yeah. private so privacy I, mode. I, I've been telling all my friends I get a pirate facial, and was the, the the reaction I was getting was not very supportive. And then I told him, I said, "Well, I have all that," and trying to get him to feel sorry for me. So I'm like, "Okay, well, I have all these acne scars since I was a kid, and it looks like I shaved my. Fa- and you know this, it looks like every. It looks like I shaved my face when you I was a cheese grater when I was 15. I have scars all over. I know, but since you since you turned like uh, 35 plus, it's just been rugged. Is that it? Yeah, after when okay. we were younger, like, like the Winston man, and, and you the, old, had, the old cigarette commercials. This, yeah. uh, do do I need to tell the Accutane stories? No, I don't think okay, so. Okay, because yeah. that was a weird period. Yeah. So life. so and so anyway. So what is this supposed to do? So well, so I went in and they they first of all they take out some blood and then what? They, they tell you this is, blood? this is your own blood and they tell you it's not going to hurt at all and then they a start, woman at the facial clinic yeah. is taking drawing blood. She's a nurse practitioner, so uh, it's my friend Liz. So she took she takes the blood out and, and she's. What is she doing? She's been doing this like 11 or 12 years, but I think this is, and, and this is like a $1,250 procedure. What is it actually called? That she's doing on me. A well, blood facial? I find it's a vampire. A it's vampire. A, it's a vampire facial. Ah. Yeah. And you would think. I think I've seen the Kardashians do you this. You probably wouldn't want to. You, well, from what I've read, I wouldn't personally want a vampire fa- uh, 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 a, a pirate facial. The vampire facial, though, is, is it's supposed to be great, exfoliate your skin. But you With your to own be, blood? Evidently, well, I, I, I didn't quite understand what was good. So they take the blood and then they spin it, kind of like uh, Lance Armstrong would get his blood spun when uh, a lot of these guys would do the tours. My and all mom's that. a medical technologist. She's going to separate the platelets from the uh, yeah. the, the blood. So, so then they tell you it's not going to hurt, which means you know it's going to hurt. And then they numb your face, and then your lips go numb. Which everything, part do they put on your face? The, I don't know. The but white blood cells or the red it, blood cells? They're rubbing something in your face, and everything's numb. And they tell you it's not going to hurt, and then you're saying, well, why are you telling me it's not? if it's not going to hurt, why are you putting all this numbing cream on, on my face? And then they pull out something, and it just it, and it sounds like a saw, kind of a saw drill sound. And then it's and like then, a tattoo needle. Then they hand you a fan. So in one hand you have a fan, in the other hand you have a ball that you can grip. And I'm like, Liz, I thought this wasn't going to hurt. You told me this wasn't going to. Why do I have a fan in one hand, and why do I have a, a ball? Stress ball. Yeah, a strut to hang on it. So she starts doing this, and oh my gosh, it's it's it it's like she's start taking, doing what? It's like a pile driver to to your with face with your own blood in there. Yeah, with your own blood, and it's going it's going in and out of your what face, she, in and out. Is it supposed out. to like fill the just, scar in with your own blood? It's just pounding. It's just it, 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 all over your face. Pound, yeah, your whole face gets pounded, and and again, not in a pirate it, way. <laughs> I didn't mean that. <laughs> not in a pirate. <laughs> it's a good thing we're not on Trista Radio anymore. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> We'd have to go to Frank. <laughs> so let me get this straight. So, you're, so I didn't mean it. It, it, it. I don't know what else to say. It's You've it, got a machine. Your face gets pounded. It's it injecting does. your own face with your own blood. I think that's what it's doing. And then yeah. what's it supposed to do? Did it take the, the acne scar away? I'm not sure, but it hurts like hell, and, you, and I was told that it wasn't. And you paid $1,250 for this? Well, I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I, I, was, I was a guinea pig, and when I got all done, it looked like an actual guinea pig. And I have the face. I have the fan turned up as high as it'll go. I'm gripping that ball. My face is getting pounded with this facial. And then and then she goes into your neck. So she has the whole neck, and then the see the forehead is crazy right now, and then into the nose and into all. So so, are, so then I think it's done. Are you happy with this? Then I think it's all. And then we're done, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like so relieved. And then she comes out with these huge needles, and I said, "What are you doing?" She says, "Well, now we're gonna inject your blood." And I'm like, "I thought that." 
that's just what we were doing. No, no, no. Now they have to take uh. these needles, and now she's injecting my blood back into my face. So there's the vampire uh, part of the facial. I don't get what it's supposed to do. So then I think we're done. And she's like, you know what? You look like a very angry person. She said, you, you just shoved needles in my yeah, face. Yeah. Do, do I look, do I, do I look angry? Do, do I seem like, do I, do I have a look of an angry? I think I yes. do. Yes. Your face is red, but not in a sunburn kind of way. No, I think I look like angry. Like an agitated way. I think way. even when I'm hat, like when I go for a run or something or when I'm out, people have told you me You have before, resting aggression face. Is that what I have? Yes, absolutely. Is that what it is? It's a resting aggressive face. A resting aggressive face. Yes. Really? Yes. Is that good? Arrested maybe in a rugged or in a rugged maybe, way maybe, a little bit well now really? it's in a it's in a vampire pirate kind of way no i was looking at your face today and you seem very blissful and happy like we were in i a, sometimes have a uh, we're in a meeting at windermere and you're 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 you, you, you i try to be resting engaged yeah that's what i was going i think for. you are resting engaged you are resting and uh aggressive am i it's not sad though no, it's not sad. It's okay. like I'll, I'll uh, so it's still kind of cool. I'll rip this needle out of your hand. Oh, okay, sh- I'm I'm fine with that. Shove I, it in your ear canal. Because I would. So <laughs> and, so we get all, and I think we're done. And she's like, No, no, no. I gotta, I gotta. I'm gonna have you. You look, you look mean. So now I'm gonna have to Botox you. So now did you so, get Botox up here? Yeah, this is Botoxed up here. Wow. I don't know what the, anything that's. It's just right. I don't know what it does, but evidently. Did she just get out of Botox school? About, year? No, no, she's been doing this over day. Evidently, about five, six weeks from now, I am going to look hotter than hell. You're a little hotter than hell. You're a little and, and puffy and you're a right little now, pink right now. I am a little. Yeah. yeah. It's like the pig at the county fair. Hotter than hell. And I won't have the resting aggressive face anymore. I don't know we'll what my face, face will be. <laughs> and then six months from now, six months from now, all this great work that's been done, it all goes to huh. And you got to do it again. And then I have to do it all over again. Yeah. Anyway. It's the Ron and Don Show. We're just getting started with resting aggressive faces. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. You should buy a shirt. It's the Ron and Don Nation t-shirt. $5 goes toward helping kids. It's cops helping kids. Find out more at ronanddon.com. All right, it's the uh, Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Don't forget, we are licensed brokers with Windermere. And I had a friend of mine call me the other day. My friend Mary called me the other day. And she said, if I sell my house in Valley, she said, what are the net proceeds? And I said, Mary, let's figure it out. So we got out a calculator. A calculator we have at Windermere. We figured out the net proceeds. And we're just trying to figure out now the value of her house and what she wants to do in the next two, three, four years. If you are wondering what the value of your house might be and what the net proceeds might be or even what net proceeds are, get in touch with Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Let's talk net proceeds. Buying, selling, we want to be a part of your life's biggest transaction. Reach out to us, and we will reach back to you. Always at Ron and Don. All right, so you know that I've made a concerted effort to not be old guy, get off my lawn guy, because I, I sort of was trending that way for a while. You pulled me back from the ledge. But, You're like, don't be old guy, get off my lawn But you guy. are a little bit this week because you are wearing, and I know you think they're cool, and, and I, we, we were on a tour this morning with Windermere. Can we say we went to Kurt Cobain's house? I don't, th- I don't know if we can or not. I think we're saying that. Okay. We went, we went on a tour. It's a beautiful house. With our friend Stu and Mary, our Diane. 
Ryan, and we went to a beautiful home, and come to find out later, it was Kurt Cobain's house. It is a beautiful house, and you have on some pants, and I don't know if you still have them on. You don't but like these pants? you think these pants are fantastic. They're comfortable. These pants, when you get older and you're looking for comfortable pants, you've turned into you grandpa. You get into comfortable pants. I'm fine with that. I, and, and the reason I'm in the comfortable pants is because you had the comfortable pants first. The cool. And then I went to REI, and I bought the comfortable pants. And you're like, oh my God, Ron is right. These are comfortable pants. That's what I thought. yeah. they got a cell phone and, pocket and, on the side. And I'm okay with the comfortable pants being old guy pants. You're saying these pants are frumpy? You think those pants aren't old. Those are old. Those are your father's. Those are, these are adventurer those pants. Are, They're ex officio. Those are pants that guys, Bob, mountain climbers are, wear those these. Those are pants Bob, your father, who's Probably. 80 years of age, would wear Probably. to his 80-year-old birthday right. party. Let's talk about pants because I, I want. I need to get to the, these two stories. All right, but you because have, you have old guy pants. On I'm them. fine with that right. as long as they're this comfortable. I'm okay with that. Right. So uh, there's two stories here, and to me, you're gonna get while I why I'm a little fired up about them. But I want you to just comment as a dad, as a millennial dad. Okay, where are the stories? A, a from? dad in the new millennium. Okay, this first one is from the New York Times, the failing New York Times, and <laughs> yeah. The latest trend is companies that are professional sleepover companies suitable for Instagram. And so what they do is they will come to your house. So if your son wanted to do a sleepover uh, and it's just him and one other kid, packages start with for two kids at $175 and then they'll go up into the thousands. And so one of the companies will come over and they will have Instagram-worthy uh, tents for each kid. So each kid gets its own colorful tent. Inside the tent will be uh, specific bedding. They might get an eye, uh, an eye mask with their initials on it. They will get treats. You can pick different candy packages, cool. different activities. I'm not joking. Cool. And so it's Where are a, the tents at? The first one is called Wonder Tent Parties. And so uh, the, everything's provided. They come over. Set up the whole sleepover, and uh, and then when you take pictures of this and you put it on your social, you're gonna be the envy of the neighborhood. And so they talked to Mrs. Sender, whose uh, kid wanted to do this. She spent six hundred dollars for a seven girl sleepover at the house, uh, and Wonder Tent is ninety bucks a piece. So however many kids you have is ninety dollars a piece. Um, let me see if I can find you where the what the the things that you get on this. So you can get uh, matching PJs, tents, mattresses, bedding, personalized eye masks, and on the upsell. This is with uh, Credit Dream and the the little slumber parties. So I guess what I'm wondering, and then you can do uh, all the water bottles and candy treats and all that stuff. What am I missing here? I don't I, Like, are we, is this the just, thing? Well, this is girls, though. And I think, okay, and I, I don't understand girls. I, I do not. So you saying boys don't do the I sleepovers? Would, I w if I was doing, if, if I was in charge, because I'm doing some manicare uh, this year. Like, I did some manicare. What does that even mean? I'm, I'm a, instead of having hired a nanny, I'm a manny. Oh, gotcha. So I'm doing some manny care, and, and I'm cool with the guys. Like like my son and his friend. Like, because if a, like guy, I, a sleepover, like, you come over, you put a big refrigerator did, box in the middle of the just, room, and you just, build a fort. We just had a sleepover, and, and, and you make great points, and we did this with blankets, and we built forts and all the that. The carpet is lava. You built a fort. Yeah. You have some blankets. Then so we, you can run outside, and you TP the neighbor's house. Yeah. And then we brought some mini goats over, and then my son whoa, whoa, and his whoa, friend, whoa. Uh, Jack, looked at You hired many, some mini 
mini goats? Yeah, we brought in mini how goats. Many, how much were the mini goats? Just a couple mini goats. Uh, you had mini goats brought in. They were only $70 a piece. Charlie the dog loved the mini goats. You're basically fact, doing the in, same things they did. He's in heat, and he was trying to you make another mini goat slash doodle. So wait a second. So this a is goat, the thing. We almost had a goat doodle at, at the house. But you got to hire out for sleepovers now. Well, that is... Uh, <laughs> The, the mini goats are cool though, and then my son looked. They're at, not cool. My son looked at one of the mini. Can goats. Can you see your goes, mom and dad ever bringing mini goats think, think to about your them. house? It was a learning. It was a learning opportunity though, because he said, "Daddy, look at the goats' poop." Because he's really into poop right now. He said, "The goats are pooping like bubblegum machines," and we went and we looked at the poop, and sure enough, they look like they little are pieces round. of bubblegum. They are. The goats were pooping like bubblegum machines. If we didn't have the mini goats over, we would have never seen that. We wouldn't have that experience. If I had girls, I would totally do that. All right. Because I don't know what to do with girls. I do that, not. That could be fun. I'd be a, I, 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 okay. I, the, the men out there that are dads to girls, you are. You would totally hire they 90 bucks I'm a girl. Being, I'm being serious. I do not, I, they are amazing to me. And I and I watch some of the dads, some of the great dads at my son's school interact with the girls. I watch that. Like, I was asked the other day to coach a girl's soccer team, to be one of the four dad coaches. And you I do it? No, I, I, it, that horrifies me. I just, I, I, not only do I not know soccer, but I don't know little girls and I don't, I don't know. And then I was asked to DJ. You can at DJ. A, at a girl. No, I can't. Well, they they were asking me to spin records and to DJ at an all girls party. One of the dads. You could totally DJ. So I can't. You're a Katie cat. So, so you're a, a Swifty. Yeah. So I'm, very, I mean, so I'm very intimidated by all that. Okay, and so all the great like, dads out there that have girls. Congratulations. Here's dude. the second thing. I, I would call and Are you on board? So you're kind of. I would. I would you're call halfway that, on. I would call that kind of help. The second one, and this is just for my own edification because I'm trying to figure this out. Would you hire a company uh, to basically chauffeur your kid around when yes, you're busy? Yes, there's a lot of parents that are doing that So now. There, there's a couple companies. They're called yeah. Zum, Go-Kart, Kango, yeah. Bubble, and Hop, Skip, Drive. Yeah. I don't know if any of these are in Seattle yet, but this is the latest trend. This is in the Washington Post uh, where moms and dads trying to manage schedules when they got one kid is in yeah. jujitsu and the other one's going to Magic the Gathering and then the third one's on the swim team, yeah. that they will trust a Zum driver with their kid unsupervised. Well, because a lot of them so are you, you, give them, you just give your kid over to a Zum driver, a and away of, they go. It's called Zum. A lot of them are using Lyft, and they're using Uber and they ride services. Lyft and Uber for like and a six-year-old? My, my son has been on more city buses than you have, and he's nine years old. And he can jump on a city bus, and he knows the whole schedule. I, I've been on a lot of buses. Throughout the city. I don't know if you've been on as many buses as he has. He's very impressive. But is it unsupervised? And he is not afraid of getting on buses with his friends and riding buses. But he's they're, not they're a, supervised, he's right? Not, what's that? No. Supervised. He can get on a bus with his friends, and he can ride his bus. Sure, he can do that. So, so. this thing, though, um, I, I guess my biggest concern is safety. There's, Zum says that their people all have at least three years of child work and, like, child care work experience or whatever like working with children uh, it's a three-year minimum so they could be a zum driver i could I, I just it seems like parents would freak out over this no they won't because of the, because those kids they've contacted the driver the parents are connected with that and contacting the driver and then that child at a moment's notice because they have a phone they can contact the police they can contact that service i imagine they can that contact, you've got the gps they can contact their parents 
Uh, and that is actually a great service, and it's very helpful. Okay, so parents to, aren't freaking out that like to put their child in a car with a stranger, basically. They no, drive I think it's away. a lot. I think it's a lot better than Lyft, and I think it's a lot better. And those are good services. Lyft and Uber are good services, but those drivers aren't always prepared to deal with children. These drivers specifically are prepared to deal with kids and also uh, technology. And it's a great, great help to parents. It's also a great help to kids because now maybe you're able to be involved in a extracurricular activity after school where you're putting your screen down, you're moving around, you're playing some basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever it is. Maybe you're part of a girl's soccer team and I'm your coach, who knows? You're able to be a part of that while your parent maybe is still at working uh, and then they're coming home and they're joining you. They're picking up you up from the game, whatever that is. So I, th- I, th- I, th- I think it is a, a, a great. Story. Were these uh, picnic goats or regular size goats? <laughs> it's the Rotted Dog Show only on the Rotted Dog Radio Network. Daddy, they're like little bubble gums. Floppy ears. Bubble gum machine. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. And yes, my dad's pretty annoying. So uh, it's the week of uh, 9-11, and I don't know about you, but when it's the week of 9-11, I always think about what happened 18 years ago. And a lot of people will say, as we get older, and I'm 52, and Ron, you and I were on Dallas Radio at the time when 9-11 happened 18 years ago, and we were on the same station as Howard Stern, actually, and we thought Howard Stern, we woke up. And we heard Howard Stern uh, talking about what was happening in New York City, and we thought it was a skit. We thought it was just a sick joke and a sick skit because he had done some things like that. And come to find out, he ended up being one of the best reporters that day. He and his team of whack packs. Uh, In fact, they stayed on the air. I don't know if you remember this, but they stayed on the air all day, and then they stayed on the air for days uh, from New York City because they had eyes on the ground. And they did a tremendous job of going from just being this wacky radio character to being a great reporter, just a really great reporter. It's interesting. If you have a moment, I sent this to Ron today, and I sent this to some other people uh, that I know that are first responders. And I said, you know, I read this article in Politico. When you have a moment, sit down, have a cup of coffee. And Politico did something very interesting. Did you get a chance? I haven't had a chance to read it yet. What they did is they took all the radio chatter from that day and they wrote it down. And it's the radio chatter uh, from the airplanes to the towers, from the airplanes to loved ones, from the towers to loved ones on the ground. And you really get a sense. You really get a sense of what was happening and what wasn't happening that day. Well, I've heard an audio montage of that when I went to the 9-11 Memorial Museum in oh, did New you? York. And you, yeah. you go into this. It's one of the this this That's actually when I lost it and broke down and started bawling like a baby, is you go through all these exhibits and it's down underground. So when you, you go there, it's, of course, the, the two... Uh, foundation the silhouette of the two towers in the their eternal waterfalls now with everybody's names engraved on the outside so you go down 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 and you go and you're going through exhibits and you see bent over 
you know, steel girders and you see a crushed fire truck and you're going through all these amazing exhibits and you come around a corner and they have a, those playing in a loop, the audio of uh, people calling their loved ones, of pilots talking to towers, and it plays. And as soon as I hear that, and all the pictures are are hanging from the walls, and they have a little beam of light on each face, and you know that each one of those human beings uh, lost their lives that day. And I just I lost it because you hear that chatter, and it's powerful. Yeah, really, really powerful. And when you and when you sit down and you you take a moment and you read through this, and it'll take you fifteen to twenty minutes to read through it. You a couple things hit me pretty hard. Number one, because uh, we see the the chatter that was going on at the White House in the Situation Room, in the bunkers underneath the White House. Number one, you find out we had no idea what had happened when the first plane hit, and in fact, when they talked about it in the Situation Room at the White House, Condoleezza Rice said things like, "Isn't that interesting?" It took the second plane, the second plane to hit a tower. For her to come to some kind of realization to say, okay, that wasn't an accident. It took the second plane. In other words, this was so unexpected that even in the highest levels of the U.S. government, and you look at someone like Condoleezza Rice and Dick Cheney, who were there together in the Situation Room, because we know that President Bush was down in Florida and he was reading those storybooks to those kids. So they were on call, and they were making the decisions. The Situation Room is basically in the basement of the White House. And then, here's the other thing I didn't realize. The bunkers, and you and I just went to Europe last year, and we went to the bunker. We went to the bunker where uh, Churchill. Where Churchill and when you look at that bunker, where, where he basically formed the foundation of the Allied war against Germany. And the response to Germany. And that bunker was vast. It was a vast bunker, wasn't it? And I always thought it'd be one or two rooms. It's pretty big. It was a city down there. The bunker underneath the White House is just four small rooms. It's not a city down there. And I thought it would have been much more complex. And it's really not. So Condoleezza Rice, Dick Cheney, they're down in the bunker. They now have realized a couple planes, those two planes have hit the tower. A third plane has gone down. And then they're watching planes all over the country that are still up in the air. And they're, they're waiting to see if those planes are going to go down. They're wanting to respond. They don't know how to respond. They're wondering uh, who has done this. They aren't sure. And this is what is really interesting to me. Dick Cheney makes a decision. He makes it because now their eyes, their eyes at some point are on Flight 93. And they believe that there is an airplane that is coming for the White House, is coming for them, right? It kind of was. It was. And Dick Cheney, Dick Cheney made the decision at that time that they needed to scramble fighters and get those fighters in the air and that that plane needed to come down, that he had made a decision that Flight 93 needed to come down. So he talked to a brigadier general, and the brigadier general came back and said, hey, we do not have any F-16s that we can scramble in time that will be loaded with missiles from the Air National Guard. And he said, go ahead and scramble them anyways. So that's what they did. And when you, re, when you, when you jump on Politico, and, you, and I get tingly right now just thinking about it, you get to read the conversation that those two F-16 pilots had. And let me just read part of it to you here real quick. One of the F-16 pilots, his name was Lieutenant Colonel Mark Sazerville. The other F-16 pilot from the D.C. National Guard is Lieutenant Heather Lucky Penny. Uh, 
And she jumps in her F-16. He jumps in his. And before they get in those F-16s, they both look at each other and they say, you know what they're asking of us, don't you? And she looked at him and he looked at her and he said, yeah, I understand. And they thought that would be the last time that they would ever fly off that deck and it would be the last time that they would ever see one another again. And this is what she said. She said, we knew that we would be, quote, this is Lieutenant Heather uh, Lucky Penny. She said, we knew that we would be ramming the aircraft. We didn't have missiles on board to shoot the airplane down. As we were putting on our flight gear in the life support shop, Sass, who she was flying with, looked at me and he said, I will ram the cockpit. And she said, that's when I made decision that I would take the tail out of the aircraft. We didn't have a whole lot of options. And we knew what the vice president was asking of us. Think about that. This week, 18 years ago, it was kind of our modern-day Pearl Harbor. And if you really think about it, we have forgotten about Pearl Harbor. A day that will live in infamy. I bet a lot of us don't even know what that day is. And here we are 18 years later. And my son doesn't know what happened on 9-11. And I don't want him to uh, know right now at the age of nine. But at some point, he will. At some point, together, we'll probably do what Ron did. And we'll go to the 9-11 museum. You should. Everyone should go to that. But think about this week. Think about those heroes and those families and those decisions that had to be made. And no matter what you think about Dick Cheney, in my mind, he had to make that decision. And that probably was the right decision. But think about those two F-16 pilots jumping in those aircraft without missiles, heading toward Flight 93, knowing that they would have to kill civilians and that they, in a sense... Well, not in a sense, would end up taking their own lives as kamikaze pilots to save the White House and the power structure of the United States of America. It's really incredible what they did and what they were willing to do. Anyway, I'm flying this week, and I'm going to be thinking about all those heroes and all those families and what happened to the Twin Towers that day. And I know that you probably will too. And we need to send a lot of love into the world. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ron and Don are licensed real estate brokers with Windermere Midtown. Yeah, call my dad or his best friend, Ron. All right, don't forget, Ron and Don, we are licensed realtors. We'd love to be a part of your biggest transaction. So if you have questions about buying, selling, reach out to us. Here comes the fall buying season. Fall buyers are great buyers, too, by the way. A lot of people think the rain comes, too dark outside. Fall is a great time to sell your home to buy a home. Reach out to us. Ron at Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Everything, everything's at ronanddon.com. Click on the radio microphone. You can learn more about our podcast, about our newsletter, about giving us a like. And don't forget the show drops every single Monday. And also you can find out a lot more about our careers at 
Windermere. Before we get out of here, you got something, right? I, I'm, I'm curious to get your take on this, and I, I'm not being, I'm trying not to be flipping about this. The, the Hurricane Dorian, of course, just uh, recently went up the, the east coast of the United States, uh, pummeled the Bahamas, and many people might not know that the, the big cruise lines, uh, most of them, and, and some of the theme parks, including Disney, they have private islands in the Bahamas. And so what they'll do many times is for VIP guests or special packages, you can get on a cruise ship in Miami or Fort Lauderdale. You go down. It takes you, you know, 24 hours or so to get there. And then you get off and there's a resort, a private island resort. And so it can be Disney themed or pirate themed or whatever you want. And you hang out there. You can have private parties. They do all sorts of events. Uh, and then you get back on the cruise ship and come home. And so they have staff that uh, live on these private islands. And so they'll be down there several weeks at a time and then come back. Like, I don't know exactly how the staffing works, but so they have th these private islands. So Disney has one uh, in conjunction with a cruise line. Uh, you also have Royal Caribbean has one and MSC Cruises has one. And, and so Norwegian is the one that teamed up with Disney. And so as Dorian was coming down and it looked like the Bahamas was going to be in the cone of, of at the time is going to be a hurricane five. And as the president said, no, Nobody's ever even heard of the number five before. Uh, and so he didn't even realize those existed, even though there's been three fives in his presidency. These you cruise resist. lines, you, you couldn't resist that. These cruise lines <laughs> all had to make a decision. Yeah. And so Royal Caribbean said all 400 staff members, uh, you're out. So they went to the island. I don't know that I'm assuming they did it by boat. Yeah. They got them out of there. They moved them. MSC Cruises, 600 people on their private uh, installation down there, got them all out, and they moved. Disney and Norwegian, uh, they decided, you know what? We just built a Cat 5 bunker on the island. We're going to ride it out. We want our employees. We're gonna. Add, we're not sending a boat. We're not sending a plane. You guys do what you were trained to do. Go inside the bunker, and you should be fine. That was the decision they made. They had a hundred. I believe it was a hundred and two people on their private island, and so that's what they did. These these folks. They didn't know that all the other cruise lines. Uh, we're being evacuated. I don't. I don't think they, that everybody knew that. What they don't? They don't listen to the radio or read the paper, or they don't have the internet to know that the cruise lines. Well, no, are it's, it's happening in real time. Well, yeah, everybody has a different you, island. You evacuate five, six, seven days. You, you, th those decisions are made a week ahead of time. Come on. So these, uh, maybe they knew. So the Disney cruise people. Uh, they're under a lot of fire right now, saying, "Why did you not get your hundred and two people out? Why are they under fire?" Because they left them on the island. And how did it turn out? And so it, and it turned out great. It turned out, it didn't turn out great. Uh, the how, island, how of course, they, was damaged. There's no loss of life. How are they doing? There's no loss of life. This yeah. bunker is 20 feet above sea level yeah. uh, and is cement fortified. Yeah. And those 102 people basically went in there with provisions and they made it out okay. I'm sure they had a lot of And they're doing great and they got to hang out with Minnie and Goofy and Donald and uh, all the chipmunks. Do you have a problem with this? And Tom and Jerry. And uh, someone who's been through a storm? I'm sure. Uh, Wiley Coyote was in there. Uh, all those Wiley guys. Coyote's not a Disney character. Oh, he's not. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I just think, I think it's. I can see why people are mad, upset at this. If your kid worked nah, on an island. No. 
You want him to get no, him, you get him out of there. You know what's upsetting, and you know this. When you when you evacuate, it's such a hassle to evacuate. And then if you have animals, and they have animals. I mean, what are you going to do with Alvin? He's an animal, right? What are you going to do with Minnie? What are you going to do with Mickey? They have all these animals. And here's Disney trying to evacuate with animals, and it's next to impossible to do that. You evacuated with horses. You had a hell of Not a t- easy. hell of a time after Katrina, and they're like, you know what? We have all these animals. We built a Cat Five structure. Let's just hang out. I here. think the Disney and brass, that's, and that's what they did. We're back at HQ, going. Let's see how this thing works. We spent a lot of money on that. <laughs> they kind of want to stress test this Believe thing. Me, you know what? They had a big party, and about nine months from now, there's going to be a lot of little little Alvins running around as a result. Speaking of ha- animals, that's what happens during a hurricane party. People get drunk, and people are hurt and hurt and hurt. Especially if you think you're going to die. The next thing you know, you're like, oh. There's baby Mickey. Speaking of animals, get your dog bandana now. Rodandon.com. It's the Rod and Don Show. Keep your head up and shoulders back. We'll see you next week. Don't forget the show drops every Monday. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see everybody at Rodandon.com. And you can also find us on Facebook. You can write Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Why wouldn't we be?